0: You are listening to Graeber Canada's 2020 Connected Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone at Graybar Canada, and welcome back to our 2020 Connected Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Williamson. Uh, we had a great uptake with our initial episode with over 100 listeners across the country, so thanks to you for either subscribing on iTunes or listening through our new 2020 website, uh, which can be found at graybarcanada2020.com. A quick reminder that if you do have an iPhone or an Apple-related device, just head on over to the podcast app and search for Graybar Canada. It's free to subscribe, and then you can take the show with you wherever you go or get uh, auto updates every time we launch a new episode. Uh, so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest on today's show, who is Ross Simmons. So Ross and I go back to before I joined Graybar when we were both running entrepreneurial marketing companies. Uh, Ross is aligned with some of the world's most innovative businesses to help them improve their online and digital marketing performance. And I'm glad to say that we'll be working with his company, which is Foundations Marketing, uh, moving into 2019. He's been a huge help in assisting our strategy sessions, and uh, you'll be seeing some great works come to life as we roll out a phase two of our digital transformation uh, later this year. So, here we go with our conversation previously recorded with Ross Simmons where we chat a little bit about our online strategies, some social media, some event management and uh, some other topics that we'll be working with for our digital initiatives here at Graybar Canada. Enjoy. I'm joined here today by Ross Simmons. Ross, welcome into the worldwide recording studios of Great Bar Canada.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm a- excited to be here. Okay,
1: <laughs> a- a- the office at, uh, or my office here at Head Office in Fairview. Uh, not a long commute for you here today.
0: No, very short. It took me a uh, to hop over a street and I was here. It's very quick.
1: <laughs> well, welcome in and welcome to joining us as we uh, as we do a lot of things uh, together moving forward. Very happy to have you come aboard to, uh, to help us kind of in a partnership um, with some digital marketing efforts. We've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of big plans here with the company, and uh, I think we're really well suited to work with each other. So welcome aboard on that side of it too. It's really yeah, uh, thanks we're a really lot. Pumped to have you. Appreciate
0: well. it. So am I. The team's excited. We're excited to dive in. Last week we had our first kickoff. It was exciting to kind of get a download of where everything is, and we're excited about where everything is going in the months to come.
1: Fantastic. So we'll walk through a little bit of that. Obviously, we're just starting together here too, so you know, not too much that we can report on yet in the right. podcast. But uh, I know it was, uh, even from that kickoff that we had last week that there's going to be some great things coming out of the relationship. Um, walk me through a little bit of your background. How did you get involved with Graybar and, yep. and, uh, and into digital marketing in the beginning?
0: For sure. So I've been a digital marketing geek for my whole life. I've always been connected to the internet. I kind of say that I grew up online, um, playing with video games and things like that, creating communities online, uh, using blogs to kind of pay for a good chunk of my university education, and then translating that into kind of a career. So for the last few years, I've been actively working with B2B brands all over the world on their digital marketing, content marketing, and social media media strategies. So uh, it's been an extremely exciting ride to kind of start it all off with a university football blog and now working with brands ranging from your Fortune 500 companies all the way down to a, a local startup kind of thing. So okay. it's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I get excited about pixels and turning them into into reality. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but it's been a fun one. Getting connected with Gray Bar has been awesome. Uh, we kind of started that engagement Probably about, I'd say early on in kind of you getting on board, uh, Graybar reached out to me as kind of a subject matter expert in digital marketing and they were like, does Dave know what he's talking about about social media? And then we went through that interview process and I uh, kind of said to myself, yeah, this guy gets it. He understands where Graybar needs to go and where Graybar Canada needs to kind of move towards to kind of embrace this new age of digital marketing and uh, here we are today.
1: It was an awesome start. I to like say it. the least <laughs> so, we, uh, so, so now a few months removed and we've got you on board we, we certainly have a lot of big plans and big strategies that we want to work together on we do um, just the way that you've been able to handle things entrepreneurial through school mm-hmm. uh, or entrepreneurially through school and, right. and kind of starting your own business I think it's uh, hats off to you and what Thank you've you. been able to do uh, you mentioned that you work with Fortune 500 companies and mm-hmm. also s- some startups so what's your you know what's your niche or what's your preference do yeah. you have a certain size client that you really right. love to work with or a or scope
0: yeah I love all of the different sizes. They all come with different challenges and different opportunities. So oftentimes you'll be working with a fortune 500 or a big brand and they're trying to kind of move a, uh, a pretty big beast of an organization into a digital kind of world. So they've got a lot of habits and things that they need to break to embrace the flexibility that you need to create content on a regular basis. So when you think about social media and how brands need to react to things that are happening in real time, that's often a challenge for large organizations. So I love jumping in and working with their team to not only hire and build internal resources and capacity to help them manage those opportunities and those challenges, uh, but also to offer those services to the clients to help them kind of have that presence online. At the same time though, I get super excited about the the opportunities to work with smaller clients who are just kind of taking a technology that has never been brought to the market and trying to bring it to the market in a unique and interesting way that's going to resonate with their buyers. So uh, for me, all of the different Challenges are opportunities more than anything. And when you have the ability to kind of work through those hard challenges with a client close neck and neck with each other uh, and seeing on the other end of that, some results, it, there's no better feeling.
1: No kidding. Well, you're, you're taking them through a creative process, but right. you're also, I like what you're saying about educating a company so that they're up to speed on it, right. but then they can also use it to sell that functionality. It's a double exactly. sword. Right?
0: Exactly. I think education is a key piece of it. Like this stuff changes so quickly. So ensuring that your clients are as smart, if not smarter than you on some of these things is key because at the end of the day, they're oftentimes the one who have to be executing a lot of these efforts. So by ensuring that the entire team is thinking the same way, moving in the right direction and educated on the latest trends and technologies is super important.
1: Absolutely. And you're obviously a very passionate, and very energetic guy. So right. I think you're in a great position to, to, to educate companies. And, yeah. and certainly you do a lot of speaking I, you know on LinkedIn. Yeah. I see a lot of your video work, right. a lot of conference work that you're doing as well. Um, does that help you as an entrepreneur and help you with building your skills as right. a marketer? You're, you're selling marketing to people while you're also marketing yourself and right. marketing your company. Yeah, time. I love
0: the podcast public speaking because of two things one it's great experience to kind of get out in front of new people but in addition to that it forces you to always stay on top of your game um, this month I'm going to be going out to Vancouver I've got another speaking gig in Toronto the next month I'm off to Romania for a bit and this is all again forcing me to stay on top of my game when I'm going to these conferences and I'm speaking I can't speak on the same things that I spoke about three years ago I have to constantly be learning about the latest trends in these different industries and then not only can I deliver that to my audience but I can take that back to my team and then we can inspire that and translate it down into our client work which is just a benefit of being able to do these speaking gigs. It's that ongoing education again internally and then translating that education over to clients.
1: Well, certainly it, talking about the educational piece, we're seeing a lot of change in our industry, yep. um, you know, in the ED space and, and things are moving really, really quick. I think you can probably relate to a lot of that with the digital marketing side of it too, because, right. you know, whether it's every, you know, every year, every couple of years, you're seeing new technologies, new platforms, a lot of new adoption, a lot of different changes in the demographics. Right, You're seeing things move so fast for sure. Um, so even though we're kind of selling different products, right, you know yeah. we're selling switches and right. you're selling plans, right I think the industries have a lot in common. Definitely. And
0: we're in the same world, right? When you think about the buyers, the people who we're both kind of selling to are executives. They could be people who are on the ground. Like We sell to everyone at the end of the day, from uh, a client who's selling a B2C product to somebody who's buying a B2B product. like We still have to put on hats for all of these different companies and all of these different clients. So when you can put yourself in the person who's buying shoes and understand the shift in the way that people are buying, Mm -hmm. that's when there's a real opportunity because you can start to see that there's a new generation of buyers whether we like it or not like right. we can think that we're young but at the end of the day we're getting older um, <laughs> and as we get older the next wave of folks who are going to come into the market are yeah. going to be making buying decisions around what widgets they should be buying whether or not they mm-hmm. should buy this lamp or that lamp they're going to be making those decisions so we have to think about how they make those decisions and how it's different from say 10 years ago 20 years ago and how the buying cycle is changing and I think it's consistent across yeah. the board where digital is becoming more and more important as a way to influence um, and as a way to kind of facilitate the acceleration of speed around buying.
1: Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we're really excited to work with you on is is a little bit of that customer journey mapping. We've yeah. seen that a lot in the industry now. Right. Understanding what your customer wants, when yeah. they want it, and yeah. how they want it. And I right. think digital is really opening the doors to that in a lot of different ways. Um, talk, talk a little bit about some of your specialties <laughs> uh, when it comes to that digital marketing piece because there's so sure. many different things that, you know, that... They're are encapsulate under that realm. Yep. Um, I know we're going to be doing some really cool things content-wise yep. uh, with you, and content's one of your specialties. It is. Why is that important You know, in, a, in an industry like ours where we sell stuff? Right. You know, a switch right. is a switch. It's right. kind of tough to talk about a switch too much. Right. But why is content important as we look at a lot of the digital marketing initiatives moving forward?
0: Great question. So our company's name is Foundation, and the reason why our name is Foundation is because we believe that uh, the internet At the foundation of the internet is content, right? Like content is the foundation of your online experience, whether it's the content you put out on Facebook, the content that lives on your website, the content you put out through a blog, it is the foundation of what it is that you do online. If you have a product page, guess what? That's content. Um, So for us, it's truly underlying for what operates the web. The web is built on content. Uh, So for us, the way that we view the world is that you need to ensure that the content that your audience is looking for is being offered by you mm. so if somebody is looking to buy a widget they're looking to buy a product that gray bar would offer and they're going to google to look for that we need to ensure that we're showing up and the only way to do that is to create content that is more likely to rank in search but also that is going to sell the product sell the features sell whatever it is that you offer in a conveying a uh, in interesting and unique mm-hmm. ways. So for us, that's what it's all about. It's about mm-hmm. doubling down on creating content that not only resonates with the users, but also having a technical understanding of how can we ensure that this shows up when somebody does go to Google and they're starting to look for a light bulb or they're looking for some type of widget of some sort.
1: Which we're certainly we're certainly seeing a lot of. You know, yeah. we're seeing a lot of people either whether it's through Google or through Amazon, right, um, right, or even through our own site, which we're developing the strategies now for e-commerce. Right. Um, you know, we're starting to understand a little bit more of how our customers interacting with us. Right certainly content is at the heart of a lot of that stuff. Is it tough to sell to an organization that content is king? Right. You know, when when really, you know, you see a a, a product cash in the sales for the the day, it's not the... The article that was it's written, true. or whatever is it tough to sell
0: it can be tough I think at the end of the day it starts with what you just talked about around customer journey so if we can talk through with um, a team and organization around the journey that a customer takes starting from when they don't even know you exist and they're looking for examples of projects and they're looking for tutorials on how to fix a certain product all of those things are a part of the customer journey and while they may not in that moment be ready to buy down the road they will be so if you can get them early on when they're they're just learning and they're just educating themselves on a product, a solution, or on how to build a certain thing, and you can get in front of them, then that gives you an opportunity to connect with them again later on in the road. It's mm-hmm. kind of like dating, right? Like you don't just start dating someone immediately. You don't propose on the first hour of meeting somebody who Try looks that. good. that. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you have to build the relationship. So the same thing works with content. You start by getting on their radar. You date for a little while. You provide value. Show that you're qualified. Show that you're worth marrying. And then over time, once you've delivered enough content that is of value, they'll be willing to swipe the credit card.
1: Hmm, that's a great example to use. Yeah. I think 95, 96 percent of our listeners are going to be male, and they're going to say, "Damn, that's exactly what I did." When I was dating, <laughs> why didn't I talk to Ross? That's about what I did dating? wrong. <laughs> that's what I did wrong. Not enough value. Should have sent more emails. Should have done it the other way around. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so a lot of the work that you're doing for, um, you know, a lot of your companies now it, yeah. is the heart of it: content across the board, and then it's just particular to what the industry is or the company he's trying to sell or you know is it only applying certain circumstances yeah
0: so it really applies in certain circumstances I'd say at the end of the day the content is definitely where we go the deepest in mm-hmm. terms of like what we offer clients, but we go way beyond that. So we do things like paid media and managing actual media spends for clients in the thousands of dollars where they're on a monthly basis spending money to kind of promote content. They're mm-hmm. spending money to drive leads, drive traffic, and things like that. And we would do that on channels like Google AdWords through Facebook. We're dabbling in Amazon as well right now, and even channels like Pinterest and Reddit if you wanted to get really niche. Wow. Um, we've been experimenting with paid media on those avenues mm-hmm. as well. And addition to paid and content creation, we also spend a lot of time on the social media side where we're managing accounts for clients to ensure that their social media presence is where it needs to be. So when you're on Facebook and you're seeing a brand show up in your newsfeed, uh, it's important to make sure that that content is something that is of value. Like mm-hmm. People go to Facebook to connect with they f- their friends. They mm-hmm. don't go to Facebook thinking, I want to see an ad from Graybar. Mm-hmm. So what we need to think about is how can we create content that would show up in their newsfeed that is worth clicking, that is worth sharing, and worth engaging with and we help clients with that as well
1: well we're certainly on our scope and our on our relationship agenda moving forward to social media indeed um, you know and I know you're doing a lot of work with a lot of clients on social is it yeah. is it providing the returns that people are expecting or or that you're expecting right. um, for B2B yeah uh, you know we're not selling right you know something overly sexy exactly um, is it tough to sell something like that on social
0: yeah so that's a great question a lot of people doubt the power of a channel like Facebook because it's not B2B mm-hmm. I think Selling LinkedIn is easy, selling the value of Twitter is pretty easy, Reddit is difficult, Pinterest is difficult, especially in B2B, and that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to Facebook, here's something that a lot of people don't realize. Whether you're B2B or not, when you go home, you're going home and you're going to do things online. Mm -hmm. Typically, the vast majority of people use Facebook. So whether I'm in B2B or I'm in B2C, At the end of the day, I'm a human, and humans are using Facebook. So whether or not I wear a suit to the office during the day, or whether or not I'm coaching my son's baseball team, doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm a human, and when I go home, I'm typically using Facebook. So we have seen, because a lot of B2B brands are not investing in Facebook, that the cost per click in the actual acquisition cost to generate leads on Facebook is cheaper than it is on a site like LinkedIn. So we're seeing significant returns for B2B brands across the board on Facebook in Comparison to a channel like LinkedIn, and I think it's because the other organizations have yet to check realize Mm. that Facebook is a prominent player even in B2B. You just have to make sure that your targeting is done correctly.
1: So you you would still see uh, a platform like Facebook as a huge avenue of opportunity, not you know diminishing returns or declining you know usership or any of that kind of stuff. You still see it as 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 the one to be on. I'd say without
0: question, Facebook is still the number one channel to be on. I think over time, if anything, we're going to start seeing Instagram become a bigger player um, because the growth on Instagram over the last quarter was about 5%. Facebook was about 2.3. I think Snapchat had 3%. So when you look at that, it's definitely saying Instagram's going to be in 2020, I'd say Instagram's going to have a bigger role. But right now today, if I was to say, where should a B2B brand be investing in media? It it would be on Facebook and Google AdWords. I think those are two channels um, that are directly related to who's gonna visit your site and they're gonna spend time on these channels. Um, And also when it comes to Google, there's gonna be a little layer of intent. When you go to Google, you're looking for the answer to a question. Mm. So if you can provide that answer
1: you're in the gold. Hmm, very interesting. You um, You mentioned about content and how a lot of companies need it as the, kind of the foundation for internet. Um, I, che- I mentioned to anybody that's listening to this podcast, check out your website because I think you did some really Appreciate nice it. blog posts about uh, not only content and social media, but also about distribution. Right. Which yeah. is our, our specialty. Exactly. <laughs> little, that's true. A little bit different. That's true. But, uh, <laughs> but th- that's our thing is that right. a lot of, you know, you mentioned that a lot of companies spend a lot of time creating content. Right. Um, but don't get the p- right people's hands or don't spend the same amount of effort and getting right. it out to market yeah um, how tough is that when you look at something like us where you know we're right. an electrical wholesale electrical distributor right. we don't have a lot of channels we're not no. putting things on billboards right you know we don't really have a, a big media spend yeah uh, is it tough to distribute or do you just have to be really targeted and really specific
0: that's it you just have to be very specific and very targeted like mm-hmm. there's going the person who visits a widgets web page on the gray bar canada website is a very certain type of person mm-hmm. like my mom's not gonna visit that page it's never gonna happen Um, but the person who does visit it is probably somebody you want to talk to it's probably Mm -hmm. somebody you want to be engaged with Mm -hmm. and then if they forward that to a colleague of theirs that's also someone that you probably want to be connected to Because of technology today, there's these things called pixels. You can install a pixel on your website and you can ensure that anybody that visited a page, but maybe didn't click on a button, maybe didn't call you, can actually be shown ads for that content Hmm. or content similar to that content. Hmm. So there's a huge opportunity to just talk to your people, talk to the people who are visiting your website, talk to the people who you know work at the companies that would be buying from you, who are listed on their Facebook profile as working as a a small contractor. Like Hmm. People have that job title on Facebook so Mm. we should be targeting them right so that's where you go very niche with how you distribute your content rather than trying to talk to the masses
1: so you you did mention about remarketing and retargeting uh, and obviously social media is a great way of being able to do that Mm -hmm. is there a line Where it can go a little bit too far, a little bit too off, a little bit too much, um, where you're not feeling, you know, obtrusive to the relationship that we have with our customers.
0: Definitely. I think uh, the key is limits, right? So on Facebook, you can set limits on how often you show ads to certain people. And I think that that's key. Uh, Everybody has been tracked online and has felt a little bit, okay, this is kind of getting awkward. This is getting weird. How do you know that I was looking at that on Amazon? Like people have been in those shoes. A lot of people even think that today they're being listened to by their phones and that their phones are getting them remarked to because they talked about going to the Bahamas with their partner and then next minute they know they're having ads from the Bahamas so there's definitely a line and you have to make sure that you don't cross it because it can result in some backlash uh, but I think that any sensible understanding non sketchy marketer would understand the importance of that and can ensure that those
1: restrictions are in place certainly you know right now we're obviously vent- uh, venturing into this new realm for uh, Graybar marketing department where right. we're really stepping things up yeah um, you know traditionally we've done a lot Lot of things like promotional product, uh, promotional swag. Uh, Now we're actually kind of identifying the grade of our brand, and we're using some digital marketing tools to to move forward. And uh, a couple things here before I let you go. One of them is about the kind of the traditional way we did things, Mm -hmm. and where we're moving towards. We certainly do a number of events, and a lot of the people that are listening to this show, this internal podcast, you know, we do barbecues, you know, we do golf tournaments, right? We have a big event in in Ontario in September. Um, talk to me a little bit about how digital marketing can help with something very traditional, like an event or a a golf event or, right? No, that's a great
0: question. So we've done quite a bit of event marketing and helping accelerate the ability in B2B to use event marketing, not just as an awareness play, but as a way to actually generate leads. And I think that there's two key ways that you can do that. one is if you are setting yourself up correctly online in terms of having an event page or setting it up on Facebook or through LinkedIn and getting people to RSVP or using an Eventbrite, whatever that service may be, if you can capture some type of information around the folks who are attending your event, you now have people who have some type of connection to you. So what do you want to do with that? You want to, again, get your content in front of those people. You want to talk to them about upcoming promotions. You want to talk to them about things that you're doing in the media. If you're sponsoring another event locally, you want to keep them in the know of all of these things. You want to run ads targeting specifically those people. All of that is available today with technology. The other great opportunity that exists with events that is often overlooked is the idea of actually capturing emails and using them effectively. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we put out a a fishbowl and we just ask people to throw their business cards in and we do a draw and then we do nothing with those business cards. And you legally can't do anything with those big business cards because of castle laws and things like that. But if you can create an opt-in opportunity where people can opt into receiving newsletters and emails and things like that, you can make an event actually have ROI that lasts for months and quarters and years into the
1: future. Mm, and that's something we're really excited about. We do because of the the, the number that we do. Right. Um, certainly I think if we can move the needle at all with that, that's going to be massive yeah, for our branches. It's going to be massive for our great brand. And then finally, the last thing I'd like to talk to you about is, is it's also going to be important to our vendors. Right. Um, right. And, you know, we do a lot of great things to our vendors at the moment, but we're really looking at stepping things up and tweaking that relationship. Right. Um, You've been tied to the industry for quite some time now. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you see from the vendor perspective and, and, and how we can really add to the relationship that Graybar has with, you know, a number of different vendors, but uh, what we can do to really improve performance with them.
0: Yeah. So I've worked with vendors across the board in terms of like their digital marketing efforts. And I think that the industry is really pushing uh, for their distributors, for partners, even partners like myself, to really start to embrace the idea of thinking two steps ahead Mm -hmm. Um, because they're relying on their partners to be innovation hubs for them and those innovation hubs to be extensions of their entire brand and their organization. So I think it's becoming more important for their partners to really embrace technologies that could range from um, content, SEO, e-commerce, embracing those things all the way up to forward thinking things like VR, blockchain, AI, all of those different things as well. Like the the partners are really pushing for that. And there there's an appetite to collaborate with organizations that are not only creating content and creating stories and things that will resonate with folks today, but they're laying the foundation for what's going to come in the future. So I think it's becoming more and more important to be forward thinking around those different types of technologies
1: as well. And you're seeing a number of vendors start to increase those requests too. Right, yes, mm-hmm. across
0: the board, they're, they're, actually putting in policies in their organizations that they have to ask their partners, are they accomplishing these different things? And if they're not being accomplished, then they go on to the next, Hmm. the next one, right? Like that is how important it is becoming amongst vendors for organizations that they're partnering with to be innovating because they don't want to be left behind. Um, They see partners as an extension of their companies rather than just a supplier or just a, a offshoot. They see you as like a close tight family and they need you to kind of be innovating to the same degree as they're striving for
1: absolutely that strength of partnership is is going to be uh, you know so incredibly important not right. only to our business yeah um, to the vendors relationship. We hear a lot about a bi-directional communication, right. you know, you hear a lot about omni-channel experiences yeah. and, and that applies not only just to our customers, but right. it certainly applies to our vendors right. as well. Um, if we're going to be their extension to the marketplace, right. I think we have a, an area of responsibility to be showing them back a tremendous amount of data about right. how the customers is interacting. Well, with I think brand. that's
0: the key, like transparency around data, transparency around analytics. That's the constant thing that we hear, even as like a digital marketing supplier, like they're asking us for, a Reports on different things about their analytics, about their traffic, how posts are doing. They want that reporting because they can use it to make better decisions. So I think, even for partners, it's more important than ever to embrace the idea of leveraging uh, that transparent communication mm. with your partners
1: as well. Mm, absolutely. Well, we just flew through a number of different things. We did. I mean, we have a lot. I mean, and, and that's a half hour. You can imagine what a couple cups of coffee in <laughs> a three hour conversation would be it's like true. With, with us at the end of the day. But uh, I just wanted to say thank you for stopping to the office today. You know, no kind worries. of telling uh, our company some of the things that we'll be working on moving yeah. forward. Uh, certainly, we're super excited to have you uh, be a part of the team here and, and with the experience that you bring um, in a space that I think a lot of people are are really you know, interested in, right. But don't really know how to make the jump. Yeah. You know, it's really sure. tough to, to talk, uh, talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah. And, uh, certainly you've done that with a number of great companies and right. we're thrilled to have you, uh, thrilled to have you be a part of it moving forward well, too. Thanks for
0: having me. I think having a innovative internal podcast is a great step to kind of get that type of ball rolling. I've worked with other organizations and they have an internal podcast and they've been a great success. So I hope, uh, hope folks found this valuable. I hope they were able to take a few nuggets from this that they can, uh, embrace in their own careers and their own lives and uh, that they found value in this.
1: Absolutely. And and we certainly encourage our our company to follow you as well online and and what you're developing. Awesome. Uh, Where can people reach out to you to to find out more information about Foundation and about uh, your journey?
0: Yeah, so you can definitely check out our organization at foundationinc.co. You can also check me out at rosssimmons.com or on all of the different social media channels. I'm very easy to find.
1: You're all over the place. I try. (laughs) Thank you, Ross. Appreciate (laughs) it. Thanks Thanks for having me.